professor. Oh, Jordan Peterson. Dr. Yeah. Jordan Peterson. I, uh, I don't know how you feel about him, but I hate that guy. <laughs> I, um, I, I find him fascinating because mm. he's clearly, he's brilliant at talking and writing. Yeah. Absolutely uh-huh. fantastic. Right. But so often he will talk about things. And from personally, I'm sort of, you're completely out of your depth and you have no clue where you are now, Jordan. My right. favorite is. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. Emotionally, not great. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's uh, everything's good. Everything's good, man. Um, I'm super. I, I I haven't gotten a chance to read your book yet, um, which I, I apologize for. Um, but uh, I love talking to you, and we were having uh, fun on that podcast that we did together. Um, so I just I I want to know more. <laughs> and um, and I was saying before, I love how the way we feel built the world we know because I feel like a lot of people don't ever really talk about or focus on even what anybody was feeling back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, it's no. usually just like, can you believe the math? <laughs> and, and I'm yeah. like, no, I, I can't. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand it. But emotion, yeah. I do understand. Yeah. Yeah. That, most of history, history, as we know, is invented by some Germans who thought it was a proper science. And so they didn't <laughs> like emotions. It's like, we don't do feelings. No, no, no feelings. So um, <laughs> it took quite some time for us to go, hang on. Surely people felt things and that made wars happen, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not all <laughs> longitude and latitude. It's like, he yeah. said, what about me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It has to be. Um, but I got. I want to start a little bit at the beginning, though. Like, why uh, did you decide to study emotion in the first place? Like, what the, triggered that? Ah, that is my wife. My wife suffers from a, a type of phobia called a metaphobia, which is a fear of vomiting, which oh, goes into well. cleanliness and so on. Um, sure. And I was doing history, so that was the wrong subject. Um, and so <laughs> I was, how do I get understand this? How do I get to the core of what she's feeling and why? And mm-hmm. I started to gravitate towards this new burgeoning kind of history called the history of emotions, which is part history, part psychology, part linguistics mm. and other things, depending on who's doing it. Um, and then because of her particular thing, I start to gravitate towards disgust in history um, because uh, being quite disgusting myself, it seemed <laughs> a, a fairly decent match. Um, right. And that's what I did. That's what I studied. That's my main thing. But to understand disgust, you kind of have to understand emotions. Um, and then, you know, it's one of those, hang on, no one's written a book about this for anyone other than us dusty academics. Maybe I should do that. Um, that's great. I'm a big fan of any kind of anybody that does any kind of science communication or, or anything like that. Cause there's, it's a lot of like, you know, uh, it's a skill to do it in the first place. Want to make it interesting. Um, but also it's just nice to have stuff broken down in like layman's terms yeah, and like shit you can actually understand. And like, when we were taught, like I said, when we were talking before, like you really kind of explained all of that pretty well. Um, was, did you find it difficult in the beginning to kind of translate what you were learning though, into, you know, a book form or to talk to people like me? <laughs> I've sort of been, sort of been writing in my head forever. Um, okay. 
and it's I've always had this thing when I write I can't, I really don't like academic writing because it's got to be so precise and there's lots right. of silly rules no contractions why cuss uh, yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, it's um and I whenever I write I I had this thing of well I'm not the most beautiful poetic writer in the world so I just try and be clear that's mm-hmm. what I aim for um, right. and so kind of that because I write like that I've got a sort of write for the public about me anyway Right. Uh, even in my papers, people will be sort of, oh, this is, I'll be, yes, I know, but do you understand it? Yes, well, shut up then. I know I haven't <laughs> gone on about these silly niche theories that have nothing to do with it, but your pet hobby, but it's clear, <laughs> isn't it? Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, and I've always been more into the public engagement at university and getting out there and getting in the public and wearing stupid costumes. I've dressed up as monks and all sorts to explain. I've taken out a machine we had built called the uh, emotions machine where people put a, a pull a lever and it would pick an emotion from the past. And then we had to explain it to them. All right. So I've always been a, um, I've been a musician before. So I've always been a bit of a show off and a showman. So, Hey, nice. yeah. Yeah. Perfect combination. Wait, when you said something about emotions in the past, though, have are there differences between emotions past and present as far and like maybe not like because I know definitely is in terms of like uh, emotional levels, I feel like mm. have definitely shifted. But are there literally different emotions we're experiencing? Um, Hard to say. Literally, completely. No, but okay. there's a huge there are differences. So the idea to take, I'll, I'll go on about disgust all the time because I do. But disgust, mm-hmm. the idea of disgust is this thing that makes you feel nauseated and nauseated and, and sort of and yak and all that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a new interpretation of the idea of avoiding harm. Um, oh, wow. It's linked to food. It's linked to taste. Before about 1720-ish, um, when there were a bunch of philosophers decided to use disgust as a word to be the opposite of beauty in art before that you'd feel something like aversion or abomination or something that's just avoiding something harmful that's like mm-hmm. oh, that's gonna hurt me i'm gonna get out of its way or i'm gonna right. run away get away from it um so deep down inside he's the same no but how we've kind of understood it has changed okay this interesting i was just reading something the other day about um basically we got past or we had to evolve past um a certain level of disgust in order to uh have sex because those things we find disgust like there's just stuff we do that is just unbelievably disgusting but we we developed um what is it uh attraction and uh you know arousal and all that other shit to kind of suppress yeah. that immediate which is why like i feel like it's got to be after we're done we're like you don't want to look at the you know <laughs> like you're like i'll be right back i have to take a silkwood bath <laughs> um i don't know what came over me uh <laughs> i was raised right yeah um you know but is that yeah. like something you kind of found in your you know kind like... of that's that's a lot of that's freud uh freud was an interesting man he was a young man he was obsessed with sex and there was an old man who was obsessed with death i can't see the correlation but um <laughs> he he uh yeah he that was his thing he had this idea that we began walking upright to get our heads away from our genitals because they're disgusting and so as we were upright <laughs> We sort of, uh, yeah, he's, he, he was, wasn't entirely all. I don't think right, I've heard that one. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why you stand up. You stand up to keep your head away from your backside. So that's kind of seems to me. Is that wow. But, yeah, he had this idea that attraction and stuff were 
developed to get past the re how revolting sex was. Mm -hmm. um, Do you find that to be true, though? In real life? <laughs> <laughs> i would never I kink mean, like, shame anybody um, yeah. no um it's i don't know i think the best theory of, of disgust is one called uh, pathogen avoidance theory mm -hmm. and that's the idea that we developed it to avoid getting diseases and to get from avoid getting um parasites wow. so okay. we see a rotten apple we smell a rotten apple we taste a rotten apple we go Ugh, and mm -hmm. get rid of it because it could kill us Right. And that makes sense, because if you eat the thing that can kill you, you die and you don't have any offspring. So, you know. <laughs> okay, but then explain why I keep going to Taco Bell, because I don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> clearly, I know that's not good food. Yeah, but, you no. know. <laughs> yeah, there goes the, the sponsorship from Taco Bell. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I actually think you can abuse them as much as you humanly yeah, want. Yeah, I think so. They can take I, it. Because I know they know I'm going to keep going. It's never like I don't endorse them. I'm yeah, just that's, like. that's true. I'm um, like, what I'm eating right now is going to rip through me. And they're like, good. Are you going to get it again tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I don't seem well, that gets down to that bit where I said that it's, it's partly evolved, partly the same, but partly different and cultural and changed over time. You know, there are people who eat these things that we find revolting all over the world. There are people sure. who uh, eat, um, there's a type of cheese that has maggots in it. Uh, there's uh, that stuff they eat in Scandinavia that's usually buried for at least four years. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. And uh, oh, it's a delicacy, yeah. All right, yeah. Um, that fermented I've, shark. I did oh, a yeah. yeah, I did a show once in London where all I did is serve insects to people, edible insects. Wow, and it's fascinating watching people's reaction because most people just turn their noses and run. Are they covered and in chocolate or anything? Are they just real insects? Some are. Some of them. I had mealworms uh, that were differently flavored because mealworms are like popcorn. They're yeah, amazing, yeah. Actually, you can flavor them. They, I've heard they that. taste them nothing. Um, and then you flavor them things. And I had a couple of other things. Um, I had grasshoppers, uh, which were just baked <clears throat> grasshoppers, which I think have got a marketing problem. They should be called land prawns because they taste like prawns. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're genetically very similar to prawns. Wow. So call them land prawns, put them on whatever. And people go, oh, these are great. And then eventually they'll find out what they're eating, have a five minute freak, and then eat some more. So, you know. Wow. But yeah, um, and that's why you go to Taco Bell strange cultural <laughs> drives that you can't fight you've just been brought up with it you know yeah um it is, i need to try some land prawns i know i, know. I, I haven't tried pizza. any but i haven't tried any bug to my knowledge i mean i'm, I'm sure i've accidentally yeah. swallowed some <laughs> it's like you have you absolutely have do you drink orange juice you've had yeah bugs. oh <laughs> so they, no no yeah. don't do that to me <laughs> <laughs> why oh god um what kind of bugs are in orange juice Oh, whatever gets in there. There's a, there's a certain percentage. It's about one percent that is is animal, it's ve um, insect matter. Fantastic. Um, in yeah. the UK, we even have an E number, a special number for it on the ingredients, so that people can look it up later and go, "Oh, I've eaten flies." Oh, wow. Great. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I feel like yeah, wine that's probably. Wine too. Wine will also have bugs in it, so you know. Great. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure the now I'm thinking about the apple cider. You, I just you want me to blow John's mind right now. Peanut butter has an allotted yeah. amount of rodent feces. No, no. I'll still yeah. eat it. It's delicious. I mean, I'm yeah. going to eat it too, but I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, that's great. You know what's weird though? I, <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like you're right. I would still eat. Like, there's just certain things that, like, I don't get easily disgusted, by, like, anymore hmm. anyway. Like, I don't know. Why. When I was when I was a kid, I didn't eat fucking anything. 
like Cheerios were my main source. Please don't tell me anything about Cheerios. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, uh, I don't can't handle it. Um, but yeah, that was like my main source of like food because I would just substitute it for, you know, dinner when I didn't yeah. want to eat whatever my parents were making. But now I'm just like, whatever. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah, See, I, I have. Don't, I don't find disgusting much. I feel like I want to try everything. No, I won't eat tongue. I won't eat any of that shit. Like tongue. Some tongue no. is delicious. We no. go to the right re- Russian restaurant. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> See, I don't want the texture of that. It seems gross. But they slice it really thin. I don't know how this turned into a food program, but yeah, I don't know either. Delicious. But well, yeah, yeah, that is true. We're like, oh, shall I move to the kitchen? <laughs> I would love it if you had like a different kitchen segment that you were doing. All right, all right, all right. It was lamb and tongue. Uh, yeah, pizza. Yeah. Somebody shows up at my door with like insect samples. I'm like, how did he know? <laughs> um, that's crazy. Well, the thing that I was like, I very very curious about, and I think we kind of touched on it uh, at some point too, was was kind of resilience. And how mm. and why people are resilient as opposed to people who aren't. And you were you yeah. kind of blew my mind because you told me that people don't really know yet or scientists yeah. don't really know yet what makes someone resilient as opposed to because there there's a lot of shit like I, I think um God, I was watching this program the other day and they were talking about what we accept um of people emotionally depends sometimes on their age. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if you have like yeah. a, somebody who's like 16 and they're like, you know, my parents really fucked me up. You're like, oh man, that, that sucks. Like I understand why you're acting the way you're acting. But then if they're like 40 and you're like, oh, you know, my parents, people are like, dude, shut the fuck up. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at, at what point, which, which I, which is odd because I don't want to be cruel, but I also tend to like, I understand frustration at, at a certain point where you're like, okay, but how long are you going to let this fucking trauma? You know what I mean? Like, affect you in a way you know it because i yeah. feel like i always straddle the line and you I, i've this always it's always hard not to sound like an asshole when you talk about <laughs> emotions and shit like that but i do kind of straddle line between like empathy and sympathetic towards somebody who is struggling with something but then as soon as it starts to like they they abuse it in a way that it affects everyone around them and then also how they uh you know um act in a society i guess then i'm like all right, enough is enough. You know what I mean? Like, how how are you not coping with this? You know what I mean? Like, does that sound fair? Or... I don't know. I mean, yes, th- there is a, there is a, we all have uh, so, oh, so much resilience, even to those who have very little resilience. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it does, emotions are contagious. That's the yeah. thing. People are down, they'll bring you down. And eventually yeah. you're like, I've had enough. Just right. stop, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, resilience is a difficult one because there's a lots of things people out there saying we've got studies to show you how to become more resilient and what to do to be more resilient. And I'm very, very, very skeptical of them. Because, Me too. Um, uh, that's another but, thing too. I don't like like uh, what's his name. Um, oh my god, that fucking guy from Canada. Where <laughs> uh, is he down? <laughs> Wait, but we we no, I know. Um, you know the uh, guy sounds like an evil Kermit the Frog. He's the professor. Oh, Jordan Peterson, Doctor yeah, Jordan Peterson. I uh, I don't know how you feel about him, but I hate that guy. <laughs> I um I I find him fascinating because mm. he's clearly he's brilliant at talking and writing. Yeah, absolutely uh-huh. fantastic. Right, but so often he will talk about things, and from personally, I'm sort of 
you're completely out of your depth and you have no clue where you are now, Jordan. My favorite is <laughs> the idea of he keeps going about the postmodern Marxist. The postmodern right. is postmodern are people who reject any kind of meta narrative, any kind of structure that says this is the way the world is. There is no structure. Mm -hmm. And Marxists definitely have a structure. Definitely think there's a way the world lives, and that's how you're supposed to be. So to be a postmodern Marxist is to be uh, an up-down. <laughs> <laughs> right. What? It's a great uh, way yeah. of putting it, yeah. N nice oxymoron there, Mr. Peterson. Um, yeah. But, and everybody uh, who listens to him yeah. just nods along, with, like, yeah, no, it makes total sense. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it's... Um, it's amazing. And all they'll do is like, oh, but you haven't listened to everything he said. He answers that if you go and read the fifth lecture of the series <laughs> of 148 hours of lectures he did. <laughs> yeah, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. Yeah, I, I kind of hate the, uh, I don't know why people buy into this kind of stuff either, but I see it online all the time. And even like these accounts, um, I think they they give speaking tours. Obviously, it's like a money thing or whatever. But there's one called like Gold Coast, I think, that pays these speakers. So they'll post these videos. They always have them talking about like men today and just following like a cleaning your room and oh, what yeah. makes you a weak man versus a strong man. And like people love it. And recently, I commented. I just called out the bullshit on one of the posts. I got like hate stuff for like weeks. <laughs> of oh, people yeah. like this is you're a we you know and i was like what the fuck are you talking about well i always wonder because if you are an alpha male if such a thing exists surely right. you don't need to watch videos to tell you how to be an alpha male because you yeah. are an alpha male so you yeah. don't watch those kind of videos it's sort of it's one of the things i had pointed i was like the fact that so many <laughs> men seem to need a leader and need it to be this guy i think makes you pretty weak i think i just said something shitty like that <laughs> and then they were like how dare you? How dare Assault you? Our leader, yeah, and I was upsetting. <laughs> yeah, um, but those are the things. That I would, like, that's the, that's what I feel like we are now. I don't even know uh, if you agree, but like emotionally, like it's either guys like him who who insist on like you know the Ten Commandments of of real men or whatever it is, you know, yeah. what I mean? like the rules that you have to follow. Um, and then there's the other side of it, which is. I feel like it's almost abused in this in this case where it's like, every, you know, for a while, nobody was talking about mental health. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like everyone talks about mental health and it's like, but it's like now marketable. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know that we're even talking about it anymore um, in, a, in a way that's like, oh, good, we're being vulnerable and it's uh, it's great to hear from you. And now I feel like it's the opposite where I'm like, I don't know if somebody's doing this to be performative. <laughs> like I can't tell anymore. Yeah, it's it's a, it's kind of a worry for me because I often wonder where this mental the difference between mental health and feeling bad is. I think there's a mm -hmm. problem with something that we call um, toxic happiness, which yeah. is that if you're not happy, everything is bad, right. which is not true. If you're about to fall off a cliff, you shouldn't be feeling happy. That's wrong, <laughs> right? There are certain right. emotions that should exist at certain times. If you've got a, if there's a serious problem or just a problem you think is serious in your life, then you should kind of be feeling down and nervous and worried. And, and if you're not happy, you're fine. Right. Stop panicking. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of it comes from that. I think this idea of always be happy, keep your room perfectly tidy. That's how to be happy. Keep your, you know, both sides of it have this sort of express your true self and understand your issues. And you end up with things like there's this, um, phrase that drives me nuts is when people say i'm a little bit ocd and you're sort of no ocd is actually <laughs> a debilitating 
mental illness right that people who have it it's like you're coming to me saying i've got a little bit of cancer it's like no you haven't okay <laughs> right you haven't uh you're just tidy good for you <laughs> right great lovely um yeah i am not <laughs> yeah 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 um, it is it is weird that people don't understand that like you basically have a little bit of um like like i think what yeah. human beings and people are made up of are just a string of emotions and some of us have yeah. it to a different degree but people think because they have a little bit of like it's like when people watch shit on tiktok and they think that guy's got you know oh, whatever it is ocd or whatever <sighs> and they're like that's me that's what i am now and like did you did you hear about this recently there was a bunch of um like I think teens or maybe even preteens who were going to doctors with symptoms of Tourette's right. and who don't have Tourette's, but they were watching TikTokers who have these like constantly, like you have these ticks because they're interesting and they started to develop. Like, I can't think of what the word is called, um, but whatever it is in their brain, like fixated on it. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it's called, but it was a fast, I like looked it up cause I'd never heard about this happening before, but yeah, they, they became, uh, uh, they they thought they had that symptom. Yeah, there's so, there are people who think that the reason humans are as we are is because we mimic, you know, the whole mimetic thing that right. our brains all they do is they seek out patterns and copy them. So mm -hmm. you can get fixated right. on something mm -hmm. and that start repeating that pattern and nothing new. Uh, right. Aristotle said we are what we do repeatedly. So you know it's kind yeah. of yeah yeah. If you start yes, I'm like that and get pick up someone's twitch. We do it. You know when we have partners in our lives. We find ourselves behaving and doing things they do and go oh well i'm suddenly doing the you know um one thing my wife does is she likes it when she takes it takes a, a fry or a chip or something she'll shake it for no good reason uh, right so and then i realized i do that now as well <laughs> okay all right yeah it's, it's a ritual it's fine yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it is kind of funny what we pick up. Do you do you find that um just you know from doing this book or whatever that basically we're uh do you think we're maybe better off like are we building towards something emotionally better now because we are talking about it more than we were back then? Like like leading up to how we got to where we are now, do you think moving forward we're better or worse? I think we're different. Uh okay. it's hard to say that we're better. I mean, one thing that is my big, big, big bear is the whole positive and negative emotions thing like the, mm -hmm. the least of the toxic happiness um, once upon a time emotions were split by how you used them so mm -hmm. if you use them in the right way they were good no matter if they felt bad if you use right. them in the right way if you use them in the wrong way they were bad so generally in the west that meant worshiping god correctly but you know right. in general you can imagine that if you have a if you if you feel fear for something you should be frightened about mm-hmm then that's great. You should be frightened by it. Just before you go on stage, say, you feel that little bit of fear that leads to a buzz. That's a good fear yeah. to have. Go out there too cocky and everything goes wrong, usually. Yep. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, you start thinking about what you're doing rather than letting it flow. Yeah. And that's always a bad move. Um, yeah. The minute, if I'm calm before, yeah. like right before I go on, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is going to be a bad set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so... I think we're in this, we might be moving. I think AI is going to have a lot to do with how we understand emotions in the future because Ooh. everyone is trying to make AI understand the same set of emotions, no matter what the culture, no matter where you're from. And we don't all have the same sort of set of emotions and labels for emotions. Right. Some countries don't even have emotions in a single group now, like Germany right. has a couple of different types of feeling. 
Um, so they're going to homogenize us a bit. It's already happening with emojis. We're getting homogenized into the same emojis, no matter where we're from. It used to be Japanese emojis and Western emojis. Now it's just emojis and emoticons. They're all the same, you know. Um, do you so, that's, but mm. do you think that kind of melting pot of emotions is a good thing, helping us understand each other? Because I like, I mean, I don't know. I, I like the idea of kind of understanding the, the same sort of language or whatever, but I like going places and finding that people deal with things differently than I do. Like I, you know, I mean, my grandfather was English and be damned if you could tell whether he was having a good time or not, but he would tell you <laughs> like, like he would just have the same, I have a picture of him that I absolutely love. He's sitting at the kitchen table. Uh, he's got a cup of coffee in his hand and he's stone faced. And I remember literally after that, he told me what a great time he was having. <laughs> I was just like, could have fucking fooled me. Like, you know what I mean? But like, that's his, you know, his range of emotion was limited. Yeah. yeah we Brits are famed for our control. Yeah. Yes. Our emotions. You know, it's, I remember being, cause I'm a, I'm a cross generation, but I remember seeing these things where people's dads would say they love them and hug them all the time. Oh, yeah. My dad never did that. And I thought, no, he just worked 12 hours a day to feed us. And that's right. how he expected it, you know? Yeah. And so, and then would take his places and say, right. let's go to the amusement park or let's go to the cinema when he could. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just, yeah, the way yeah. it's expressed. And I like, I do like differences. Um, I'm getting really fascinated with Japan at the moment. I must go there sometime Ooh. to Japan. Because my friend spent a year there teaching and he, and he loved it. Yeah, it's like another a whole a different world. And as someone who studies what I do, I want to study. And there is there is a version of my book coming out in Japan. So I might just uh, speak sweetly to the publisher out there and say, do you need a, do you need a book tour? Um, <laughs> but even if not, I want to go there because there are things there that just seem completely different. Like I say, even emoticons and emojis were different in Japan until recently. Mm -hmm. It was all about the eyes. The mouth would be exactly the same. But the eyes would change depending on the happy or sad or whatever. Okay. Whereas we do the mouth. Right. Which is why I think people freak out about masks in the West and not in the East. But that's my pet theory. Oh, wow. That's a good They can point. still emote with yeah. a mask on and we yeah. can't. So we become a bit zombie-like. So, right. Um, yeah. I'm going on to mass now. Let's not. Get now that you that said that, I'm like, I have dead, <laughs> lifeless eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh my god, he's right. You got um, me from your grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. There you go. It's British Perfect. eyes again. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, the emotion, like we can talk about. I, there's still some other stuff I want to touch on too, but the emotional <laughs> level uh, that people or the response that people have to yeah. masks. Like, here's the thing. Like, I I do. I mean, it, just as a comic, I think in general and having to like, you know, tour all over the country, um, it I don't find anybody like in clubs and stuff like that. But like like if you read what's going on lately, it's either people mm. are overly emotional, too sensitive, yada, 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 or, yeah. you know, or or it. But it and, it and it is on both sides for whatever reason. Like, I don't know yeah. what it's like over, yeah. or, you know, by you, but like they're very much like you can just see it on both ends. They're emotional about certain things. We're not. But like when I go out on the road, whether I'm in a blue or a red state, everyone's pretty chill. <laughs> like, yeah. so like real people, like whatever, everybody's kind of having the same. So I, you know, I don't know what, do you think there is a real like uh drastic uprising in, in people's uh, over emotional levels? Is it because of politics? Is it because of uh, how we're evolving? Is it because of the internet or is it all of that shit? 
uh, it's a bit of all of it, and I think it's mainly in certain groups. You know, it's mm-hmm. those of us who are, are who live on the internet a little bit more than others see this a little bit more because for some reason on the internet everybody's really passionate about everything they do, and yeah. uh, will let everybody know when they're right or they're wrong. Um, whereas in the real world, people, you know, that we have these things called manners that each culture <laughs> develops its own manners to regulate its emotions. So right. we don't go up to someone's face and scream at them. They, they got the name wrong of an anime character generally in real life. <laughs> you know, it's just not done. Um, so, right. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I hate the live action version of, you know, yes, that I know. Won't happen. Yeah. Cowboy Very Bebop. Up some some strong emotions to that (laughs) yeah people lost their minds yeah it it really like it's one of the things i'm kind of fascinated about because i feel like i feel like i reside somewhere in the middle of of that kind of shit where i just don't believe anymore somebody's overreaction to a stand-up like like i i kind of just want to be like you know i wish somebody would tell somebody that they're overreacting. Like, you can't even do that. You can't even be like, you know what? You need to calm down. That's a no-no. Or like yeah. try to regulate someone's emotions online or in pr- or whatever it is. It's like, I feel like people really want to own what it is instead of kind of trying to reel it in a little bit. Like, this is how I act to react to stuff. You can't tell me not to. And I'm like, oh, but you're screaming in a, in a grocery store. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah. know, you should wait till you get home for God's sake, like the rest but of But there's a whole subset of like, social media of just reaction videos we just want to watch other people react which is amazing to me yeah i saw a video by a guy recently who was annoyed that every reaction video to his video has had more watches than his original video (laughs) because people aren't going to the original video they're just watching the reaction right and they all copy each other that drives me mad that you see the same thing reacted to by 30 people yeah it's very homogenous like that's yeah, yeah. T- tiktok is this it, it, that kind of shit drives me crazy and and it's hard to navigate that kind of stuff yeah. like that's the weirdest thing too to me is like you're you know if you're an entertainer or an author or whatever it is you're just you're you're in competition with regular people which is upsetting yeah. and i don't mean <laughs> to call them regular people but let's be honest i'm fucking regular people. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know what i mean like like there's nobody like you're you're in competition with people outside of your business who just you know, are, are better at making content maybe than you are, even Mm. though they've got nothing to sell or their livelihood doesn't depend on it. So it's very bizarre out there. Like, you know, I don't know. Or just better at figuring out the algorithm on how to tag it or figuring out like this one nuance that makes their video get a million views compared to your 50,000. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's often weird as well. I mean, I, one of my brothers did a video on making a, I think it was a very cheap uh, pizza oven outside in your garden. And he got like a million <laughs> views. A million views. He's not had that before or since. Nowhere right. near. He doesn't yeah. know how he got his million views. But there you go. Something yeah. about making a cheap pizza oven struck a chord with the algorithm. <laughs> and off he went. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very strange. And it's weird, too, because if somebody if the right person finds it, they'll just pay you to do whatever. You know what I mean? Like, do it again. Yeah. And you're like, I can't. <laughs> like, I, I have no idea what I did, but I'll take yeah. the money, you know? Um, yeah, it's it's weird, man. I, I just feel like like the resiliency thing kind of blows my mind. Mm. I feel like, yeah, I don't you know. I don't often you know, I'm not walking around saying with a shirt that says I'm resilient or whatever. But like when I think about my youth and stuff that like, you know, you know, dad's not the greatest person yada yada all that kind of crap or whatever but like it's like it's it's stuff that's happened and i don't have any kind of connection to it, it feels like it happened to somebody else yeah i don't know if that's a result of 
coping mechanisms over long periods of time or that I'm just brain. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? But I know other people who love to, I think just that's their identity for the rest of their life. Do you find that in Pat? Like, did you find that kind of going through human history? Like that, that we're like more like that now than they were back then or. Um, yeah, we've got more time to be like that. I guess I, I wonder often what, some of the people in history who are particularly awful who's what their um childhood was like right because you often do i mean apart from uh, vlad the impaler his childhood <laughs> is pretty awful his parents sent him off to be raised as a slave by the, the people in the next country and you know, right. beaten daily and all this kind of stuff and he came back and started impaling everybody yeah um so it happened, you know, back in the day. Um, certainly, but I think it's just more public now. People are more open to discuss this is what led to this and this is what led to that. Because it's one of the funny thing about resilience is it doesn't seem to have much link to your upbringing per se. Because mm -hmm. there was a thought once that it was like, you know, uh, farmers' sons who get all the bacteria when they're kids and then they're resilient to all sorts of diseases when they're older. It's the same that when you're young, if uh, stuff happens to you when you're young, you're resilient. Um, but if it doesn't, then you grow up and you're spoiled. And so the littlest thing, but doesn't seem to be, doesn't seem to be that at all. It doesn't really matter, you know. Um, yeah, it seems very random. Yeah. And so. Yeah, and I, and you notice it in people who basically like another weird thing is sometimes I see it happening with people I've known forever, like later in life, where like at one point they were like nothing shook them, but then for some reason later, you know, old I don't know if it's old age or what what the hell it could be, but they seem like it's like the wind direction if it changes suddenly affects them. So I always wonder mm. like chemically in your like you know what I mean like is it something that's hidden there or something that just you get. I don't know. Like it, that just fascinates me. Well, yeah, there's a the big thing about repress again, Freud with repressed memories, but they've done more damage. The satanic panic and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The idea of repressed memories. I don't like that idea at all. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's it. well, as you get older, you get worried because time is short, I guess. As things start to bother you more. I think right. as I get older, I'm more tetchy. <laughs> like annoyed or just like annoyed. More like, yeah. More, I've seen every I've seen a lot of things a lot of times and I'm at the point now where I'm oh god I'm not again just I'm so glad it. you said that because I feel yeah. the same way and I feel like a fucking asshole for it. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna put a sign saying get off my lawn on the front anytime now. But yeah, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> so. It is it is horrible when you see the same shit over like I, sometimes I feel like I've met everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like not maybe not like I'm you know, this is this is obviously awesome. I like meeting people this way. But like if I ever had to go back, I think about it sometimes and work like a real job, I think I'd lose my mind because I've done it and there's the same players no matter what the job is. Yeah. There's a there's the guy who thinks he works harder than everybody. There's the quiet woman in the back who's like secretly plotting her escape, you know. Like it's all the same cast of characters. It's so yeah. weird. It is. You're right. Uh, it's uh, uh, there's a I've forgotten her name, Sophie something other. She does little skits on uh, on Facebook, and a recent one was things you wish you could say in your office job. <laughs> and having had an office job, one of them was, oh, could you just stop back another half now? Well, no, because <laughs> I finish at five, and you don't pay me from five oh one onwards. So right. I'm going home, and you can deal with it on your own. Bye bye. Yeah. No, yep. So wanted oh, so to say that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> and. <laughs> Or, and, or yeah, I've done the same. Yeah. Like, it's amazing to me. Like, they'll have no problem asking you to stay late at one of those jobs or do something. Yeah. But if you come in two minutes late, they're like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, 
we're just opening up today. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that, that was one of her skits as well. It was, um, you're you're ten minutes late. And she says, um, oh, sorry, the train. Actually, what am I saying? No, I managed to just about drag myself out of bed and come to this job <laughs> rather than stay undressed watching television and eating popcorn, which is what I'd rather be doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, what was one of the big changes when you were writing this book that you kind of were surprised? Was there something that like really kind of struck you? Um, most of it's stuff I know, but the, the surprise in it, the first surprise is that emotions are different in history and strange things. One of the strange things I think is that love can be evil, can be very, very evil. Hmm. Uh, I've got a chapter on the Crusades and how the Crusades were essentially an act of love, which comes from a great historian called John Riley Smith, who wrote in the 80s, an early historian of emotions. And he said that, you know, the Crusades, what they were doing is they were trying to reclaim the promised land for for God. And they were motivated by the love of God, this wow. idea called uh, caritas, which is lo loving charity or loving religious charity. And so they weren't there to hate people or subjugate people. Or they were there because they loved their fellow Christians who lived nearby and they loved the whole land and must take it back by murdering people en masse. <laughs> um, right. And it's. Yeah, that was one of the the papers that I've uh, done a version of my work that I start to think these emotions are not quite as simple as people think they are, are they? Love can mm. be weird. <laughs> yeah, you know that, that's I like that because what do you like? Do you know or do we know exactly what we set up over time? Like, um, as far as like, I'm thinking of like buffers and like a bowling alley, but you know what I mean? Like those like little placements where you go, okay. I love this person. I'm not going to kill for this person. When did that stop? Because I feel like in history for a long time, there was that. You were like, did you look at this woman in the wrong way? You know what I mean? Like the princess of whatever death upon you. You know what I mean? Like, how did we get, how did we fix that? That's a, that's a whole, that's a strange question about how we've developed. Manners have changed and boundaries and morals have changed. Morals have changed. A lot of it had to do with the enlightenment and think in humanism and the enlightenment people in the enlightenment think you know humans do actually have some value right uh maybe we ought to not just kill indiscriminately how about that but this uh, but as yeah. strong as emotions are how yeah. did we how much time did it take for us to go this is the rule that we set in place like did it did it was it you know what i mean like if your emotions are stronger than a rule you know what i mean or somebody somebody says like how yeah. did they how did we taper that back did it take time it, it didn't, it didn't. I mean, we've always had lots and lots of, um, I think we've always had lots of laws to stop mm. us from doing awful things to each sure. other. And I think it's more that um, the way, and laws are basically emotional control, if mm. you like. They're an emotional regime, which I cover in the book. Um, an emotional <laughs> regime, which is how your your society says you are supposed to emote in certain situations. And there okay. are rules and they change, they evolve depending on what's happening and which culture you're in. And as we've become more focused on humans rather than God's spirits or other things as being important, I think we've just developed more human-like rules, um, more, you know, you don't do that anymore. Mm. You don't just go and have a duel because you've been slighted anymore uh, because that's a loss of life and we don't want to lose a human life over right. stealing somebody's beer or something. Yeah. It's not, right. it's not done. Um, and that's, you know, that's a big question. There's a whole 
armies of jurisprudence philosophers out there trying to understand how these morals change and how the laws interact with them and all that uh i could go on for hours about that and the rest um yeah it's it's a it's one of those thorny knots that philosophers fight with why do we change our mm. ethics and how but as far as i can see in history the big change is after the discovery of america in particular and that era and the printing press happened roughly at the same time and the world just changed because yeah. people weird things were happening people could read about it and so you know um society changed overnight at first it became terrified and then it right. calmed down a bit <laughs> what do you think do you think is there like a particular emotion that you think is stronger than any other that we've experienced as as a people it depends which people you speak about there's there's, there's a, an idea that different cultures have different emotional groupings that japan mm. is a shame culture america is a guilt culture and there's also anger cultures out there and so on right. fear cultures mm -hmm. um i don't know um i i think there's an argument to be made that the west but particularly the us sorry is a yeah. bit of a fear culture is a bit of a fear culture at the moment i agree that's why you've all yeah. got guns yeah. um, <laughs> whereas we europeans are more of a guilt culture we still have that catholic background to us where we're sorry yeah. about everything canadians have inherited it from us we're all sorry about <laughs> it so we don't feel like we need to keep a gun under our pillow because if a burglar turned up uh, and stole our tv we apologize that we hadn't got up to help them you know so it's <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry it's not a smart tv yeah. uh we know, haven't I'm, I'm upgraded <laughs> yeah i'm ever so sorry you're not going to get much money for that uh, <laughs> that's just the way it is um yeah, yeah. and there's something to be said for that. And there's a um, shame at the moment is starting to interest me more. I'm, I'm looking into it. It's my new little pet hobby because mm. shame seems to be the internet culture that everybody, yeah. you're not allowed to shame everybody. And if you do, everyone should shame you, Yeah, which I find really interesting. It's mm. just this sort of, yeah. yeah. I, I, this, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've been just saying it, um, I should probably edit that sentence out because it just sounds terrible. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but I've just been fucking saying it ever. But I, I feel like um, what kind of what you were saying before about, you know, everybody's on the Internet and they, and they have kind of emotional response to stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of people with certain kinds of mental illness do gravitate towards it because their social skills are poor. But you can be whatever you want on the internet mm. and you don't have to face anybody. So yeah. I don't think people kind of like every time I read about like he said, she said stuff on the internet or whatever the media tends to pick up about whatever's trending at the moment, right? Yeah. It it seems like um no one ever really kind of talks about like what kind of people might be posting about this thing. They're just interested in the context. So, you mm. know, sometimes I see what when people talk about stuff and you're like, all right, well, this person hides their profile picture. They don't even have their name up there. And it sounds to me like when you look back through their stuff, they're dealing with a lot of um, shame or or issues themselves that are just kind of unchecked. Yeah. Do you like, is that, do you think that's kind of accurate or do you think like um, it's something that we're going to have to reconcile with eventually? Because it seems like it's kind of out of control at this point, you know, like, um, if that's where we're kind of getting our news from, you know, or, uh, yeah. or our opinions on like, like to me, like, I don't think I would ever ask anybody on the internet. If I had, a, if I had a genuine fear of something, I wouldn't go to the guy who's, uh, not coping well 
to go, hey, man, what do you think about this? I would look yeah. toward the dude who seems to be handling himself well, you know? Yeah, it's... it's. I think the internet's a horrible cesspool for that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's you yeah. know, I think there's a strange... Oh, God, I'm trying to think how to put it. There is this weird journalism I keep coming across where instead of actually doing journalism, they'll say this happened and this person tweeted that about it and those people tweeted that about it. And then these people came and tweeted that about it. And it's just a list of people's tweets. And mm. they don't say who these people are or what their background right. is or anything like that. So you sort of, so, and? <laughs> yeah. Random person. It's, it's a vox pop, is what it is. It's they might as well go out the street and stick a microphone in some a random person's face. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yet it seems to matter more because it's a tweet, right? Um, I think it's like a and, weird trust thing. People seem to yeah. tr like they're like for whatever reason, people distrust people in the profession of actual journalism because yeah. they 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 know they're being paid by somebody, and yet but they'll trust some nut job off the street because they're just like, well, he's got no stake in it, and I'm like. Yeah, I know, but he has no stake in it. So there's no, yeah. you know, there's yeah. no rules for that guy. Like he, he yeah. doesn't have to be right or wrong or, you know, uh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. The big bad mainstream media who uh, have rules. I mean, right. yeah. there are some mainstream media. That Do you are. think learning? Because I love that you I mean, again, like I, I love that you've written a book about this kind of stuff. And I always feel like education to some extent is how we fix stuff. Do you think there is yeah. a way to fix the, I mean, not the internet obviously as a whole, but <laughs> is there a way to kind of, you know, handle this or do you think we're just going to get worse? I don't know if it's something that can be handled uh, in history when there's been some big upheaval that's created some great emotional event. Mm -hmm. Time has been the thing that sorts it out. Rules eventually, I mean, even in the internet, there are already certain rules kind of, forming like you don't dox people that's an absolute no no right. things like that are starting to appear it will, it will create its own morality eventually um right. it's not something that we can just sit down and say right how do we make these people more ethical a little less crazy it's just sort of <laughs> something i really wish we do. could do it in that voice too that'd be great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna do it let's do it that way absolutely um <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a time thing. If we've got enough time mm. um, to do it, then it will it will settle down in some way. There'll be some form of ethics that we agree on even more than we already have. Like I say, you don't dox people. There are certain yeah. things you just don't do. Um, things like dead naming and stuff. That's a very internet-born thing. All this yeah. stuff seems to be happening. So mm. it'll happen. We're very good at morals and ethics, humans, because without them as a group species, we'd have died out a long time ago. Right. Yeah. So it'll happen. Uh, so I have a question with the uh, like with the invention of the Internet and now like the new culture coming up with the Internet. I know like a lot of frontal lobe development has changed for children. Do you think a lot of emotional development has changed greatly? Probably. Yes. Uh, not as much research as we need because it's early days, but probably the way they understand the emotions and react to emotions will have changed because there will be Internet babies. So there'll be it will be Internet emotions first and then yeah sort of interactions beyond them but um i'd be interested to see what the recent generation how they just because they already have i mean millennials are different to i think generation z or z i'll say yeah. z i'm on an american show and generation a... <laughs> z after the um yeah um they have a different emotional i mean i'm teaching some tomorrow uh, and oh, their, nice. the way they react emotionally is slightly different to how i do to certain things i have right. to 
read the room all the time so what is that what that's okay that is so fucking frustrating to me though like <laughs> i i cannot handle the idea that like i mean look there's all there's being civil and stuff like that too and you want to be courteous but i i kind of almost feel for you that you're the <laughs> one who has to read the room as opposed to you're they're being taught by you they should be fucking adjusting to your you know what i mean like is there Oh God, there's too much lean towards, uh, and I felt this way when I was younger too. Like even when I was like 15 and I was in high school, I thought my generation was dumb as fuck. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, Oh my God, they have no interest in what came before them. You know, they're just like, we love Britney Spears. And I'm like, you know, Gordon Lightfoot wrote that song and they're like, yeah, but he's old. And I'm like, it's the same yeah. lyrics. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a weird, nobody knows what I'm talking about there. I made a reference that probably shouldn't have made, but I like Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> everyone's like, really? Gordon Lightfoot? You okay? Brittany who? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah maybe even that. You're old. Like, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was the old reference and yeah. not Gordon Lightfoot? And yeah. They were like, that guy, you just made that name up and Britney's pretty yeah. old as fuck. Um, but like, yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. But like, I, uh, I kind of find it, uh, egregious that like, you're that the, the kid like people are going to be coming up being told how to feel as and like and if they wind up feeling a certain way like that's why i hate the way articles are written sometimes yeah. like they're no longer object like even when you talk about like um you know a stand-up special they may hate somebody may hate or or jokes in general which i find ridiculous that anybody would have a problem with jokes um but like you know they'll i'll read a piece about it and it's always written in a way that's like i felt this way this is what it was. If you don't feel this way, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're just like, that's not a review. That's a, and then people do kind of read it and go, Oh, I'm, I feel like, even if they do have an opposing point of view, they'll read one piece of material about it and go, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to be an ass. You know what I mean? Like this guy says yeah. I'm this. And it's just like, no, you can have, you know, uh, a different emotion or different set of feelings. It doesn't mean that one group is right and another's wrong, unless it's like yeah. something crazy terrible. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It feels like we either go from murder, you know, where they're like, you need to feel. Obviously, I feel shitty about it, but you know what I mean? Like, like, um, I'm not explaining myself well properly, but like, basically, like, they'll be like, you know, jokes uh, cause harm, they'll kill or whatever. And I'm like, well, you can't have it where we used to go after the right in this country and be like, yeah, there's no correlation between lyrics and action. Rap music doesn't have any effect. Uh, video games don't have any effect. Yeah. And Tarantino movies don't have an effect. But suddenly they're like, comedians should not make certain jokes. And you're like, but which one is it? You know? Yeah. Uh, there's something that drives me mad. It's when a comedian makes jokes and there's obviously a context to it. There's obviously a subtext to it. They're right. saying something. Um, there was a, uh, I can never remember the guy's name, the actor, but he played a character in a British sitcom called Alf Garner. Okay. And Alf Garner, and it was called, um, oh, what was this? I can't even remember the sitcom. But basically, his character was an out-and-out -out racist. Mm -hmm. That was his character. He was a racist. But it was a very clever comedy. It wasn't that there was joking about people of different of, of color and that he was the joke right right and he went to he was a football fan he went to see a soccer match and someone in crowds shouted out oh i love you i love the way you take the mick out of all these uh, and so on he said i don't right. i take the mick out of you mate yeah. and that sort of <laughs> right guy not getting the subtext drives me crazy and yeah. sounds, um i don't know <laughs> Jimmy Carr, all oh, those terrible jokes about paedophilia. He's not actually a paedophile guy. Right. You know, it's, that's not the joke. The yeah. joke. Uh, 
it's terrible. But the, and that, but the craziest thing is, is I feel like now more than ever, we try to legislate towards crazy and it's never been able to be done. So, you know what I mean? They're like, well, we can't do jokes about that anymore because somebody might, you know, take it seriously. And it's like, well, then what's mm. left for the rest of what's left for the normal people? <laughs> like like what do you you know what i mean like i you you can't yeah you can't constantly buffer the world like as much as like you know i'm not saying be you know you should ignore people who are dealing with shit but like sometimes you just gotta go like I we used to have friends who were like we're not great with parties you know what i mean yeah. so yeah. you would just you know but they were still your friends and you mm -hmm. would invite them if they didn't come they came if they did they didn't you know what i mean or whatever but like i feel like as soon as they cross that barrier where they're like i'm uncomfortable at parties no one should be having parties. That's when you go, we're cutting you loose. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's an extreme level I, of whatever, you know? Yeah. I think an interesting uh, example, emotion, uh, emotional regime and boundaries at the moment <clears throat> is the idea of they were called trigger warnings and somebody realized trigger could be a trigger. And so content warnings. <laughs> and I actually don't have much of a problem with content warnings. To me, content warnings are a bottom-up version of what the censors used to do. The censors used to tell you what mm. you'd be offended and upset by. Yeah. You couldn't see. Now we have people say, no, actually, I'm a bit offended. Can you just let me know if you're going to do it? Sure. You can do it. Just give me a bit of warning. Right. Um, and that's great. Like I said, there's a step beyond that where you go, why are you trying to ban this thing? That's... But is it weird that I feel like people, uh, yeah, I don't like banning stuff either, but like, is it weird yeah. that I feel like, um, I mean, basically I'm thinking of the way I grew up or whatever, or just the, the stuff I've evolved to like or be comfortable with came from being uncomfortable, but pushing through it. Because yeah. I, I imagine, like, I feel like content warnings, you know, because you're a sensitive person, you may not try to outgrow a thing. You know what I mean? Like if you see a content warning, you're going to go, oh, fuck, I'm not going to like this. But what if you do? You know what I mean? Like what, like, how do you, you know, like what if you're with your, like, I feel like it, it sets you up almost for failure in a way, instead of being exposed to something that, because there's stuff that I, I thought I didn't like back in the day because of an incident I may have had, like, I'll give an example, basically like, you know, um, my dad, uh, you know, sold drugs, got in trouble with weed and all the other stuff back in the day. Not a great, you know, not a great role model, but because of that, when I grew up, you know, I thought all drug users are bad in any sense of the word. Right. And it was yeah. really uncomfortable about you. And then I developed friendships and these people had responsible, you know, they were responsible adult, you know, people or whatever. And then, but they smoked weed and yeah. I had to push the, you know what I mean? But I feel like yeah. there's just certain things, even, even part, I was one of those people who was uncomfortable at parties because that's where all the crazy shit would happen when yeah. I was younger and I didn't understand it. But I had to make a choice and go, okay, either I'm going to be that guy who doesn't have any fun with his friends or gets to talk to that girl, or I'm going to push through it. Do you think people should be have the have a better chance of pushing through, or do you think everybody should be warned? I think that the if the good thing about a warning is those people who feel ready to push through will. Okay, I think I mean I can use my wife as an example as again she has pushed through her phobia. Mm -hmm. And she still likes it. If, if there was a TV program that said, warning, uh, there will be vomiting in this program, she'd probably still watch it because right. she'd want to. But she but can brace herself. Be, yeah, but if she's had a long day and she's tired and she's feeling it a bit, she's going to not tonight and sort of mm -hmm. avoid it. Um, whereas if you just hit her, 
and it was that bad day. It might be a bad night. <laughs> right. So I kind of, yeah, I could see. But at the same time, yes, I think people, I think there's a, a call to push through things a little bit more. But like I say, there doesn't seem to be any link between stuff happening when you're younger and having to fight back and resilience. Um, sure. So maybe, I don't know. We don't right. know yet. So yeah, it's, yeah. that stuff just fascinates me. It's just crazy because yeah. I don't, I don't know it either, but it's like watching other, you know, watching people either come back into it or fall out of it is kind of kind of funny to me because I'm just like, oh, my God, was there an incident? That's why I like that you just said that, you know, there doesn't seem to be a link because, you know, your brains try to find one. So I'm always like, oh, my God, what happened in between doing that? And people are like, I don't know. I got nothing yeah. <laughs> like nothing happened. Yeah, just... I just suddenly feel this way out of the blue. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Um, well, it's oh, well, the hour blew by. Um, I got yeah. two questions for you. Okay, that we ask every guest. Okay, so, um, one of them is if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self and give yourself a piece of advice that would help you today, what would it be? Probably mine would be don't worry about getting older because there will never be a time in your life when you look at your younger self and think. He really had it together. He was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. Um, and the last question is, um, what had to end in your life, good or bad, uh, that led you to where you are today? What had to end? Yeah. Uh, my dreams of being a rock star. Oh, I okay. decided to be a historian, psychologist type weirdo instead. Um. That's There's literally a day where my job, which was being a musician, uh, and my hobby, which was history, swapped. Mm -hmm. Swapped wow. places. Yeah. Do you remember feeling any particular way about it? I remember just feeling a little bit, I don't know. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to go back to university and do a history degree and see what mm -hmm. happens because this isn't happening anymore. The industry's not what it was when I started. There's yeah. this internet and things, and record companies are weird, and my stuff's not bland enough to ever get signed so <laughs> <laughs> do you do you feel like you've made a good use out of uh having those skills though like developing your music skills over the years that'll help you with this i think so yeah i think it's one of the reasons i like the public engagement side because mm -hmm. you know i'm a i'm a i'm a lovey i, love, yeah. I like I, I like i like the boards and all that <laughs> so i quite like all that side of it yeah so when, whenever my the promoters for this book say, will you appear on this? Will you go on this? Will you talk? Yeah. <laughs> say, Would you write something for Hardwaft? <laughs> Can I just go and talk to someone? <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you, man. 100%. Uh, well, thank you so, so much for coming on, dude. I, I, I love it. I can't wait to uh, get into this book because it's this stuff just blows my mind, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, look forward to hearing what you think when you're ready. Absolutely. Maybe yeah, we can, we can. I want to have you back on again because I feel like there's still so much more to talk about with absolutely this kind of stuff. So uh, anytime you want to come back, love to. Yeah, let's both read the book yeah. and then we will have him back and discuss. Absolutely. It yeah, have I mean, a Q and A on the book. Then we'll read it again. Then. Oh, that'd be great. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Right, cool, Thanks man. So much. Take right, care. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Dystopia tonight.